Good morning and welcome to Sunlight Christian Center, located in downtown Orange. Let's join Pastor Joe and the worship service in progress. Back in Jesus' day, when Jesus walked the earth and told stories to people and delivered the truth in parables, a parable is simply an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. It was common to see a sower go out and sow. Most of the people that Jesus was speaking to were farmers and they sowed. So the story that Jesus tells is not an unusual story, it's very common. In fact, when Jesus was actually teaching this, there may have been farmers out there sowing seed while he was speaking. A sower went out to sow his seed. And when the sower goes out, he's interested in green. He wants a green harvest. That's what his purpose is, so that he could produce a harvest. Jesus uses this backdrop of a story to communicate to us our heart's condition. I started last week, I'll continue this week. Some fell by the wayside, and it was trampled down, and the birds of the air devoured it. Jesus is dealing with the condition of the soil in this story. He tells the story of the sower, but it has nothing to do with the sower. The sower sows the seed, has very little to do with the seed. Everything about this story has to do with the sower, the soil, that, that the condition of the soil and what condition it was in corresponds to the condition of our hearts. What is our heart's condition? Because that will determine whether or not the seed will grow. Now the wayside, the wayside, that's the place where, where people trampled on the ground and packed it down and used it as a roadway across a field. And because it was packed down hard, it was difficult for the seed to penetrate into the ground. And because of that, if the seed doesn't get in, the birds are going to devour it. They're going to pluck it up. It's their food. Now, the application is really simple. If the Word of God is not plowed into our lives, then the truth that was left there will be snatched away. Psalmist David said this. He said, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. When truth comes, as in this occasion, truth will be coming your way. When truth comes, it needs to be plowed into the heart. If it's not, it will be lost. You use it or you lose it. So if the truth is not used, it doesn't stay there. It's going to be gone. The devil will see to it that it's taken. So the idea is we got to use what it is that, that, that whatever truth is that comes our way, we got to plow it in and apply it to ourselves. The, the losing attitude is, is, I'll do it my way. I don't need anybody to tell me what to do. It's an attitude that a person has, and that attitude is what hardens a person's heart, and it keeps them from getting the, the growth that God is looking for. Bad decisions are made when people have attitudes, I'll do what I want to do and I don't care what anybody, that, that produces bad attitudes, it produces bad habits, it produces addictions, it produces the dead end street, it produces people who find themselves angry or bitter or resentful or depressed and and then when we get into the condition where we put angry and bitter then we start looking for somebody to blame and so 
the sower is handy, and so we blame, it's the sower's fault. That's the reason why I'm not growing. It's his fault. It's not the sower. There's a little song that goes, it's me, it's me, it's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. It's not my brother, not my sister, but it's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of it. Not the preacher, not the teacher, but it's me, oh Lord, standing on this wayside soil. It's, it's us. It's the condition of our heart that determines what's going to grow in our lives. And when, when God finds the soil packed, trampled on, the seed can't penetrate into the soil. God just snaps his finger, calls out the plow. The plow comes and plows up the ground, turns it upside down. I'll give you an illustration to show you what I mean. The, the prodigal son left his house. I'll do it my way. I'll go where I want to go and I'll be what I want to be and I'll spend my money the way I want to spend my money. And, and the prodigal son went on his merry way into the wild, far country to spend his substance. And the Bible says, it doesn't say it in this language, but the, the essence of it. And so God sent the plow. And he ran out of money. That's the plow. And after he ran out of money, he ran out of friends. That's the plow. And after he ran out of money and he ran out of friends, he ran into a famine. That's the plow. And when he ran out of money and ran out of friends and ran into a famine, he ran into hunger. That's the plow. And when he ran out of money and ran out of friends and ran into a famine and ran into hunger, he, find himself, he finds himself in a pig's pen to sit there as this John Deere plow just turns his world upside down. And it was there, after the plow, that the prodigal son came to his senses and he realized, well, the servants in my father's house have it better than me. I will get up from this place and I will go back, go back, go back. I will go back to the place where I can grow. And then he just goes on to say, and some fell on rock. What he meant was rocky soil. That's what what the text is it's rocky so it didn't fall on rocks fell on rocky soil there was a surface of of soil and underneath were the rocks and the seed fell on this rocky soil and what's interesting about this is that the rocky soil is the exact opposite of the wayside soil the wayside soil said no to the seed the rocky soil said yes yes the wayside soil denied the seed's entrance, but the rocky soil desired the seed's entrance. It's just the opposite. And Jesus describes it this way. He says, the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear, receive the word with joy. They're excited about what it is that just happened. Now, let me explain that. When, when a person really understands for the first time what it means to have the life of God, the life of Christ come into them, they, if they understand, they will receive it with joy. You can't help it because the life of Christ means sins forgiven. So when I open up my heart to allow his seed to come in, it means my sins are going to be forgiven. It means I'm standing in the place where I will be blessed. It means his anointing is going to come on my life. It means that I will grow. It means that there will be a harvest in my life. It means, it means that, that God's bounty has come to touch me. So this, the, the rocky soil was really excited about the fact that the seed was going to be 
delivered. And so the rocky soil receives the seed with gladness. Let's join up. Let's sign up. Let's stand up. Let's grow up. Let's go. It's all happy. And Jesus tells the story and says, but they have no root. And if you have no roots, if you have no roots, you can't get moisture. And the sun's coming up. And if the sun comes up and there's no ability to get moisture, the seed, the plant, will wither up and die. So the roots are there to grab all of the moisture that it can, and it's also there to grab the nutrients that are in the soil so that it can survive, it can stay alive and continue to grow. But without the roots, you got a problem. It's the roots that prepare you. Have you ever heard somebody say something like this? Why don't you grow up? We know what that means. That's an insult. <laughs> Tell them, grow up. The truth of the matter is people need to say, say this. Grow up and grow down. That's what you need to do. You need to grow up and you need to grow down. Because it's the downward growth. It's the growth where the, where the, where the roots dig down into the soil that prepares you for everything that's going to go up on top of the soil. If you got roots going down, then you got the stamina that it takes to handle the stuff, the elements that are going to be blowing all around up on top. So what, so what the roots do is the roots prepare you, they prepare you for what's coming. Preparation. If you don't have the roots, you can't survive. If you got the roots, you will survive. No roots, no fruit. You got to have roots. So Jesus is talking about these people. said so these people... They, they land on a rocky soil and they're all excited about the life that's in that seed, but they discover that there are hidden obstacles underneath the soil that's preventing them from growing the roots that they need to suck up the moisture and the nutrients. They have no root. And he goes on to say, those are the ones who believe for a while. They're all excited. They jump on the bandwagon and they wave the flag and they're ready to go and they're signing up and they're joining up and they're, here they are. In time, in the time of temptation, they fall away. That word temptation sometimes confuses people because when we think of temptation, we think about some, some, somebody trying to lure us into something immoral. But the word temptation in Scripture uh, has two meanings. And the main meaning in Scripture is the word temptation means testing. Jesus says, these are the ones, the ones that have the condition of the heart that's rocky soil, no substance, no depth. They're the ones they believe for a while. And then a time of testing, they fall away. Now, when you were in high school and you graduated from high school, you figured you're never going to have a test again. And were you ever wrong? And those who went on to college, when you got through with college, you found, that's good, I'm out of here, and I don't have to, and you're wrong. Because the truth is, no matter who you are, no matter how long you live, all of the days of your life, you will be tested. It's just a fact of life. And so the testing is going to come. And, and we sometimes, I was studying this and I was thinking to myself, I wonder what people would be thinking about. What is the test, the test that comes? The ones who believe for a while, but they can't handle the test. Who are those? I mean, what is the test all about? And, and I want to clear it up so it's clear. The way you find out how you're going to be tested is answer a few questions real simple one where are you that's the question where are you that's where you're going to be tested wherever you are 
Next question. What are you doing? Because whatever the answer is to that, that is where you're going to be tested. The third question is, where are you going? And the answer to that is, that is where you're going to be tested. So whoever you are, whatever you're doing, and wherever you're going, that's the place where the tests come. So you, you, you live in a home, you'll be tested at home. If you're homeless, you'll be tested at homelessness. If you're married, you'll be tested. If you're single, you'll be tested. If you're happy, you'll be tested. If you're sad, you're going to be tested. No matter where you are, no matter where you find yourself, you're going to find yourself being tested because all of life is a test. And some of you are being tested right now, right now. Maybe while I'm speaking, the test is on. And Jesus is saying that there's some that believe for a while, but when the time of testing comes, they just can't seem to hang in there for the testing and, and they fall away. It's a race against time. When the sun was up, they were scorched because they had no root. They withered away. Because no matter who you are, the sun's coming. And when the sun comes, it's going to be hot. And if you have no roots, you will not be able to handle the heat. I want you to take a look at this. It's just a little plant. It's, it's, it amazes me how simple God's word is, but yet profound. This is a little plant. The sow went out to sow, dropped the seed in the soil, it started to grow, grow up, grows up and grows down. And these little roots down here are designed to capture the moisture and the nutrients in order to provide protection for the green leaves that are above the ground. So what's going on below the ground is just as important as to what's going on above the ground. People don't see this. They don't see the depth of your life. They only see the green. But if there's no depth, the green won't last very long. It'll eventually wither up and die. How long can you take whatever it is you're going through? If you got roots, you can take it. If you don't, you won't be able to. Because this little plant is, it does not know it, but it's in a race against time. It's got to grow up and down as fast as it can because there are things that are going to be coming its way. The wind, the heat, the storm, the drought, the flood, and the cold. It's going to attack this plant. And if this plant does not have roots, if we're not founded, if we don't have a firm foundation, if we don't have a good footing in God's word, and if God's word is not working hidden deep in our heart, working to, to draw nourishment into our spirit and into our soul, we're going to shrivel up and die. We will not be able to handle the wind. The wind is going to blow up on top, but it's, this, it's the roots below that keep the plant steady and stable. Now, in our lives, you know, make, making an application, this is just a picture and it's the truth about agriculture, but when it comes to our lives, how prepared are you for the stuff that's going to come your way? Because if you don't have roots, you will not be able to handle the wind, the heat, the storm, the drought, the flood, the cold, but it's going to be in different words because the same thing is true when it comes to how we have to handle stuff that comes our way. How are you going to handle the insults that come? They will come. The cold shoulder, misunderstanding, rejection, criticism, and just plain old trouble. 
because every one of us will go through this stuff. And we're going to have to have whatever it takes to be able to handle the stuff that comes our way. As parents, parents have children. And the children are given to us, we borrow, we borrow them. Our children are there because we borrowed. And, and during the time that we borrowed the children, God has given us a mandate, and that is to teach them everything that they need to know because the day is going to come and we are not going to be there, and they have to stand by themselves. So as parents, what we do is we try to teach them how to grow the roots. So when, you, when, a, when a mother or father tells a child, grow up, what they're really saying is grow down. Grow down, get some roots, because stuff's going to come your way. How is your child going to handle jealousy if a child doesn't have a good self-image? So we're teaching our children to have a, a, a self-image, a strong self-confidence. Know who you are, what you're here for, what your purpose is. That's what we teach our children. Because we're not going to be around. And when we're not around, they're going to have to handle jealousy. They're going to have to handle, have to cope with anger. They have to cope with insults and misunderstanding, all that stuff. And so we are actually teaching our children how to grow roots so they can handle the stuff that's going to come. God wants us to become strong people. He wants us to become determined people. He wants us to be solid. He wants us to be able to handle what's coming our way. He, he breathes. It's like if the breath of God breathes into us an attitude. An attitude that we want our children to have. And God wants us to have an attitude that says, I'm here for the duration and I can handle whatever comes down the pike. I need God's help, but I am here and here I stand and I'm going to be ready to handle what's coming. That, that attitude comes from roots that are down deep in God's word. Here's how Christians develop attitudes. I'm on my own business and I'm reading the word of God and suddenly I come across, no weapon formed against you shall prosper if I believe it. It does something inside of me. Like roots starting to grow. And then I'm reading God's word. And, and God is our refuge and strength. The very present help in time of trouble. Therefore I will not fear though the mountains be moving. The earth be cast in the midst of the sea. And them. Attitude. If God before you. Who can be against you? Attitude. Paul writes. I can do all things through Christ. Who strengthens. That's attitude brothers and sisters. That's attitude. And so what we need is attitude. Because it's attitude that helps us deal with the elements that are coming our way. Winston Churchill. Who was the great hero in World War II. Who, who stood there when the bombs were falling in London. And he refused to give up or to surrender. It says that, that when they tell us that when Winston Churchill was born, he was born with a speech impediment. He had a lisp. And yet we know him as a great orator because Winston Churchill took his handicap and wrestled it down to the ground and became an orator because of an attitude. He was on radio during uh, World War II when bombs were falling in London and he was speaking to the people trying to encourage them. And he's on the radio and he said something like this. He said, and we will meet the enemy in the air with our planes and we will meet the enemy on the land with our tanks and we will meet the enemy on the sea with our navy. And he says that he cupped the microphone with his hand and he turned to the people that were in the studio and he said, if that doesn't work, 
We'll grab beer bottles and fight them to the end. We will not give up. That was his attitude. His attitude. After Winston Churchill became older and he was well on in years, he was invited to visit the boys' school he graduated from. And uh, the professors at the boys' school told the boys, get a pad and pencil because one of the greatest orators is going to come. We're honored to have him come speak at the school where he graduated. So make sure you write down every word that he writes, that he says. And so all the boys were ready. They came down and they sat down. And, and, and Winston Churchill was sitting on the platform when they called him up. He got up and with his cane, he slowly walked. He was old now. He slowly walked to the podium. And uh, he stood there and he faced the group of boys and paused for a moment. And then he said, he said, never give in. Never give in. Never, 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 never. And he grabbed his cane and walked back and sat down. That was the end of his speech. And all the boys that had their pens and pencils out ready to take it, they got the whole speech. <laughs> they all passed the test. They got everything. It was attitude that he was communicating. Where did Winston Churchill get his attitude? He got it from the roots. That's where attitude comes from from the roots. The question would be, do you have the same kind of determination to, to grow your life as Winston Churchill had to lead a nation? Attitude, determination. There's another man by the name of Pierre Renoir, who is a great painter. And uh, he was known for his impressionistic painting and, and what made his painting distinctive was the fact that when you look at his paintings, the, the lines are never clear. They're always blurred. So when the two faces come together, they kind of merge into each other. That was an impressionistic painting of the day. And he had a passion for painting. He loved to paint. He was not painting for the money. He started that way, but he was not painting for the money after he became old and he had rheumatoid arthritis in his hands. And they tell us that in his, his older years, with this pain, painful condition in his hands, his hands were bandaged. He had the paintbrush strapped to his hand so that he could fulfill the passion of his life. And that was to paint. Brothers and sisters, that's attitude. That's determination. When we have the kind of determination that says, I'm in this thing for the duration, then you know you got fertile soil and you got roots that are growing down deep. Whoever you are, with whatever it is you're doing, wherever you find yourself, you need the proper attitude in order to handle the stuff that is going to come your way. And I've got to handle the stuff that's going to come my way. I used to recite a poem when I was I first started out in ministry when I was walking to the church, I would recite this poem. I want to share it with you. When things go wrong, as they sometime will, when the road you're trucking seems all uphill, when the funds are low and the debts are high, and you want to smile but you have to sigh, when care is pressing you down a bit, rest if you must, but don't you quit. Life is queer with its twists and turns, as every one of us sometimes learns. And many a fella turns about when he might have won had he stuck it out. 
Don't give up, though the pace seems slow. You may succeed with one more blow. You never can tell how close you are. It may be near when it seems afar. So stick to the fight when your heart is hit. It's when things seem worse that you must not quit. Attitude. There are some things that we need to have attitude. One of them is I have decided to follow Jesus. There is no turning back. There's no turning back. If no none go with me, yet I will follow. The world behind me and the cross before me, I've made a decision I'm going to follow after Jesus. I got to follow after him. It's an attitude that a person has. Now, I get the question would be, is, is what kind of an attitude do you have? Let me break it down. Are you willing to be more determined to succeed than your enemy is to make you fail? And we all have enemies. An enemy can be just somebody's attitude. Somebody's raised eyebrows, somebody's smirk, somebody looking down. It could be whatever. Do you have more determination in your heart than the enemy to take you down? Do you have more of a commitment in your spirit to reach out and touch the goal than your enemy has to keep you from arriving? That's the question. We've got to ask ourselves that question. Would, would I... Would I, maybe we need to take a pledge, a pledge. You know, we have the Pledge of Allegiance. This is a new, here's a new pledge that we could take. I pledge that I will not throw in the white towel, the first sign of trouble. I, I, I make a promise. I promise that I will not go into battle. And I don't have a white hanky today, but and it's blue. But I, I promise I will not go into battle with my surrender flag sticking out of my back pocket. Because the devil knows what. He, he knows it's out. He says, if I put a little more pressure on it, they'll just pull out that surrender flag, so I quit. When, when American forces invaded Iraq the first time under the father Bush, uh, Saddam was afraid that his men would surrender. So he prohibited them from wearing white T-shirts. They all had to wear dark T-shirts. Because it would have been so easy for them to rip off their shirt and hold up their little t-shirt and say, I quit, I quit. There's some things, brothers and sisters, you can't quit. Some things you can't, you can't, when, when two people come down to the altar, they come down to the altar and the preacher's there and he says, do you take this one to be your wedded wife? Do you take this one to be your wedded husband? Yes, I do, I do. And, and he says, for better, for worse, for richer, poor, sickness and health. Why do you think those words are in the ceremony? For better, for worse, for richer, for poorer sickness and health. I mean, if we had our way right into the ceremony, we'd say, I take you for better. I take you for richer. I take you for health. But the, but the wisdom of those who put it together, better, for worse, richer, poor, sickness, health, it's because when it comes to marriages, there's no room for quitting. You have been listening to Pastor Joe at Sunlight Christian Center. We are located in beautiful downtown Orange, just one block north of the Chapman Circle at 172 North Glassell Street. 